It's life on life's terms. All right, well, here we are once again, the Life on Life Stamps podcast, and I'm Tom Robinson, and uh, like I always say, we are not affiliated with any 12-step programs, uh, and they're not responsible <laughs> for us, um, but we do like them, but we do appreciate them, yeah. I'm Chris Mandeville, uh, we're here at uh, New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., on Quincy Ave., and our guest today is Abby. Hi. Hi. <laughs> So, yeah, we usually have the guests start telling their story, and then, um, you know, we interject as thoughts pop up or questions and stuff like that. Great. And I'd like to apologize, too, to everybody because I uh, forgot a little piece to Chris's mic stand, and he has to hold yeah. it. So, so. <laughs> my bad. Mic dropped tonight <laughs> at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you can kick it off. Okay. Um all right, so I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, um, 28 years old. I am from Rochester, New York. And oh, wow. Yeah. Yankees fan? <laughs> no, oh, I grew okay. up Red Sox fan. Okay. Oh, wow. I know. It was my dad. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably... I would say like 90% of the time always said this way, but I think I always grew up and I don't know what it's like to be a non-alcoholic, but I think that I grew up feeling scared 100% of the time. Um, Mm. Just like life was not going to be doable for me. Just Um, just full of fear. Full of fear, 100%. I tried to refuse to go to elementary school. It was just like, and it wasn't for any one reason. Like I was scared of learning. I was scared of school. I was scared of what people were going to think. What if I wasn't good? All of these things. It it was like everything. I mean, I was in therapy at a young age. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a vivid picture. I can totally picture that. Panicked all the time. And that didn't go away. Um, and it was really in every area. I was scared to try food. I was, you know, I was scared to make friends. I was scared to go on sleepovers, like all of it. Um, but I always really, I really wanted people to like me. That was like the biggest thing. I, I can remember being in kindergarten being like, if I just had the right hair and if I just looked like her, maybe that boy playing basketball and by the cubbies would like me. Like I really yeah. remember that. Um, wow. And... But then, like, trying to do anything like that was just not going to be possible. I wanted everything, like, really easily. Um, mm. So, to that. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, that really never went away for me. Um, it just kind of got worse or got different in a lot of ways. Um, getting older you know like I always did fine in school I have a family and I should say this they are we don't have alcoholism in my family as far as like anyone's to judge um yeah I didn't I didn't really have any in my immediate family I didn't find out till later on in life and then I was in recovery that my grandfather was an alcoholic yeah like he hit it very well right like 
we just thought that's how grandpa was normal yeah yeah shit faced you know yeah. he called yeah but but <laughs> i've said this before every one of us was called charlie brown because really? he oh, couldn't yeah. probably well, was too so shit faced to remember our names that's but interesting. he suffered a stroke i later found out that it was an alcohol induced stroke huh. um but it's my funny, dad, you don't notice that. Stuff. Yeah, my dad had to go over there all the time and get him mm-hmm. up off the floor after mm-hmm. the stroke mm-hmm. because I think he still continued to drink even yeah. after that. Right. Uh. You know, and my grandmother just enabled him, and never, no one ever spoke of any of that. No, I never would have known if my dad didn't tell me. Right. Ever. Right. Because it's it becomes normal. Yeah. I think it's been rumored that maybe my my grandmother's brothers might have been alcoholics, but I do remember. <clears throat> After I started drinking, I could have even been in college. You know, my family's Irish, but, like, not 100% by any means. But my grandfather was like, you know, you're Irish. You can't drink a lot. And I was like, ha-ha, yeah, right. And, like, he didn't know at that point I had I thought that that meant I could drink a lot. Yeah, like, I remember yeah. him saying that. But he, like, also handed me a drink at the same time. Like, it wasn't, like, this thing to be feared. No one was ever saying... You know, you could Don't end up this all. way. Yeah. Um, he was just saying, be careful. Be careful basically. because he was like, you're a small girl, like, careful, uh, you know, and you also get really angry because you're Irish and you yeah, also drink, yeah. like, we drink too much, you know, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the norm. Like, pa- family parties were like that, you know. Um, at that point, it was like further progressed, um, but nobody knew. But, you know, so I really, why I bring up my family is because, like, and it really doesn't make a difference, but, like, they raised me talking about things like God, and they raised me talking about things like, you know, doing good and being of service to other people, and you do the right thing in life. Um, never, never, like, it, that was just what we did. I had something on my on my refrigerator or next to my refrigerator that said, like, God and family first, nothing else matters. Yeah, oh, I was the same thing. I went oh, to yeah. church with my grandfather, right. my other grandfather all the time, Yeah. up until... I, you know, realized this not too long ago up until I picked up. Right. I would right. go Saturday oh, mass, yeah. four o'clock. Right. Grand, my grandfather would pick me up. You know, I was, I think, 12 years old, Boy Scouts, the yeah. whole nine. And then that stopped. Yeah. But we had serenity prayer all yeah. over the house. <laughs> and so funny. Footprints, like yeah. Yeah, 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 all yeah. that stuff. It's all that so stuff. funny because I think, because I always remember being like, that is true. And I will be like that. And I remember connecting with the idea of like doing good in the world and being like, I'm going to make a difference. Oh, that's awesome. That's important. That's good stuff. I I was so, I just felt like. But you're too scared to do that stuff. Too scared to do it. (laughs) And that was what got in the way every time. Yeah. Um, That and like comfort. I just needed to be comfortable and any lengths to be comfortable was Mm. what it was. So. You know, I remember the night, you know, obviously that discomfort, that fear lived until high school. Um, In high school, it just kind of, like I said, got different and got worse. And I think that I, again, like wanted to go to any lengths to fit in. And so I remember somebody was like, do you want to come to this party? And I knew that there was going to be drinking. And it was like probably an invitation from an older guy or something. And I was like. I was so excited that I was invited to something like this. It was like, oh, this is my chance, you know. Mm. Um, 
but I also it was like the first fork in the road because I knew that going meant that I was going to drink like it wasn't going to be going and not drinking that wasn't going to be an option mm. so it was going to be like going to <laughs> and drinking um, to be like everybody else or don't go but if I went and drank I would be lying to my dad I remember that like clear as day oh really yeah I do see I, I never I never even had a thought of it it was like yeah, drink. There's the booze and drink it. Right. And then, like, pretend I didn't drink later, you know? Yeah. And I got that because when I was going to go, I was going to drink. And I wasn't I wasn't really scared to do that. But at that point, I still felt bad about having to do something that didn't feel right. It didn't feel right for me to lie. Um, but right. I also didn't care. I, I was a girl who, as this... As my story went along, like people have said, you don't care about anything in life. Um, just very like lax about it all, out of fear, and it was easier to act like I didn't care. But um, but at that point, I really cared. Um, but anyway, like the comfort, it was about the comfort. So I went, I went to this party, and they handed me the drink, and I was like, perfect, great. Um, and it worked. It solved the problem. I was able to have conversations with everybody there. What What was the age? Do you remember the age? I was 14. 14. I was 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. 12, 13, 14. Yeah, it's always, yeah. I feel like it's always yeah. around that time, or most commonly, I guess. <coughs> but, yeah, it was, and it was, like, to some extent, pretty normal, you know? Um, I would guess that everybody who's at that party, who was at that party, is not an alcoholic right now. I would, I would almost certainly say that. Um, so there was nothing that, like, differentiated us at all. Um but I think that I just had this. I just think that I had this. Um, so, you know, I didn't, like, I, I drank alcoholically. I drank way too much because I didn't have a limit. I, it made me feel better, so I was going to do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, there wasn't, like, a... Maybe One's good, got. ten is better. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just, just made you <laughs> made you comfortable with yeah. yourself. Just keep going, yeah. you know. So I didn't I didn't care about that. It wasn't... It was almost not an option to stop. It wasn't... I didn't try to stop, but it was... There's no need to stop. Um, so I just drank too much and and the night went on and I lied and like but that was my introduction to like my high school almost because when I got to school on Monday people were like, Oh, remember that girl? Like she drank a lot. Uh, that yeah. was cool. And like I oh. walked in like yeah, I did. And yeah, I threw up everywhere. And yep, I found a boyfriend. Like, yep, you know, like I was into it. Yeah, I was my, into that. my introduction to high school was a little different. <laughs> um, they were like, hey, that's the kid with the kid. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, 13 years old. Oh, wow. And so, so like, that was like my right, right of passage right, right, into, right. into high school. And that's the what it is. The juniors and seniors came over and they were like, dude, do you, re you really got a kid? And I'm like, like right. how do I answer this? Right. You know, but then they're like, "All right, here, hit this bowl." Right. You know, and that, but it's that same thing. It's like that ego thing because I, I always felt like I couldn't measure up, and so mm. when somebody like talked about me like I had just done something, I was on cloud nine. Yeah, I was on cloud nine all week, and so all week my thought was not like. It wasn't necessarily on drinking. It was like, how do I get this again? How do yeah, I get people right. to like me this much again? The acknowledgement. Right. Yeah, the that's identity. what I was we, looking. We talk about it all the time, the identity. That's what I wanted. Like, yeah. I you constantly know, felt like I couldn't fit in. So this like feeling of, oh, I did something here. Um, I wanted to like go with that as long as I could. Um, and I was always about like doing what everybody else was doing, but then pushing past that. Like that was my 
first taste of you drink too much and people talk about you. So what if you did this drug? Then what would people say? Right. Then what would people say if you did this one? You know, so I was always after that. It was was like like an acting out thing. Yeah, but I to get it for the attention. I loved the the ego boost of it all. Um, I didn't, I never one time thought that they were saying something bad and I'm absolutely sure that they were because I was misbehaved. Right. Um, well, I right. think there was some of that in me too. Like something where if someone, if I could make people say that, say that, oh, he was crazy or he is crazy or he, or they laugh at something I do that was crazy. I think I liked that at a time, at one time. Right? Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. Totally. So that's really what it was. So I was always saying to my friends, like, yeah, I can't wait to do drugs. Like, I can't wait. You know, so when <coughs> when they talked about it in health class, my thought was really like, great, cool. Like, when? Where do I get some? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I wanted. I just imagined that for my life. Um, Dude, I was singing. I was singing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds at 13 years old, dying to get my hands on some acid wishing so much i could have this experience with the marshmallow pies and the you know (laughs) looking glass ties and i'm like i gotta gotta experience this yeah i mean and it's like looking back on that it's like you know i really didn't have much of a chance i was dying to do drugs from the beginning right there's something about it and like everybody's got their own opinion but there's something about the way that i think about myself and that For a long time, I spent a lot of time trying to think about, like, well, why am I a drug addict? What made me a drug addict? And pointing the blame to everybody else. But I think now I just think about it, and I'm like, this was just what my life was meant to look like and nothing else. Like, if I was so scared so young, and I remember that, like, vividly, then, like, and all the pieces kind of add up, like, make this, like, perfect puzzle. It wasn't like... My mom yelled at me, and now I'm a drug addict. Or I went to boarding school, and now I'm a drug addict. Like, none of that. You know, I had a sibling, and now now I'm a drug addict. Like, no, everybody goes through things like that, you know? So, I don't know. I was always pushing. I was always the girl to, like, want to try more. But then if somebody said, like, guess what? We got this drug. I'd be like, oh, no, I can't do it. No, yeah. I can't. I'm going to get in big trouble. I can't do it, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was weird. I was like, cut. it was always this weird thing. That, was, that wasn't my story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so scared. I was so scared. I didn't want to, like I, like I said, I kind of had this, like, need to, like, do more, but a greater need to be comfortable. So when the girl mm. was like, it's not an option. We're going to do this. I was like, all right. You yeah. know, like, I don't want you oh, to yeah. be really mad at me for a week. So fine, we'll right. do it. The easier route, whatever. The, the easier, easier route, route. Mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Um, the consequence of my friend being upset with me was much worse than like doing something that wasn't right. You know, doing drugs at sixteen. Um, mm. So, you know, I started doing cocaine when I was sixteen. Um, oh yeah, I did. I never got a hold of anything like that when I was sixteen. Yeah, that, that cocaine's a, is a hell of a drug. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, really. I think seventeen. I actually sold it. Yeah, but I didn't do it. I don't think until I was. I had my son, so nineteen. Yeah, I think I was twenty when we we went we went camping. Nineteen to twenty. Somebody yeah. got an eight ball, and we went up there, we fucking chewing on our teeth all night. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, ratchet jaw. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about nonsense yeah. for like hours. No, it's like, I don't yeah. I don't know if it was like the people I, that were in my class or whatever, but like that's what people were doing. Yeah, you and, know? and I've, I've heard of people actually um, 
one of my exes. She was like fourteen, smoking crack. Yeah, it's just oh, how yeah. it well, went. Well, I mean, it's it. Yeah. You know, it's a lot luck of the draw. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess, like you're saying, it all depends on who you're. Yeah. With. Who you're I, around, I, yeah. And yeah. I think it depends on the town. Like that was something my town did. Yeah. Um, and it was something that people did before me and after me. It's just the way that it works. This is Rochester. Well, not yeah. It was like my town is Pittsburgh, but um, yeah, it was kind of like the way that that the story went and there were tons of people that didn't do it but that wasn't going to be my story right um by any means so you know i think it was like i i would even say it was like maybe a month tops like two or three months where i was like fully addicted to it um fully like you know 16 and stealing from my family and like taking tutoring money to you know (laughs) buy drugs like (laughs) and and it's hey what'd you do with the with the money your mother gave you for singing lessons (laughs) right it was like i look back at that now and it's like that's crazy like i i was so manipulative i would like call my chemistry tutor and be like yeah we're not gonna make it this time and just pocket the cash and run so young like a 16 year old is really so young to just be like kind of like ripping and running that way you know yeah um i ended up i was in a really i was in an abusive relationship for a while yeah, um, that young that that young yeah. yep that um and it w- i think again that was something i used to blame why i was the way that i was and it was something that i used that when that ended i used to move on from um because now I'm this girl that's like in this crazy relationship. So if somebody can instead see me as a drug addict, that was going to be better than being the crazy girl. You know what I mean? So that's just the way that I went with it. I was looking for any sort of like, I'm going to get out of this one and I need people to think of me differently. Um, And I had this history of like smoke pot and drink and like you feel better. So, you know, that was my go-to. That was just my go-to. Um, so, yeah, um, really quickly after that and, like, as moving forward in my drug addiction, there were, like, very small um, suicide attempts and stuff like that just because, like, I, I wanted somebody to help me, but I wasn't going to ask for help, right. you know? Um, and I was, like, really freaked out about myself. I was just like, what is happening? Like, it was, it was dark. It, that's it's that's so a weird young. way to describe a suicide attempt. Yeah. Small, really small suicide attempt. So you were just, yeah, a small one. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it was just like, it, it wasn't even really an attempt. It was more just like this, I'm going to try. Cry or for help I kind of thing. tried. Cry for help. But yeah. like telling people a few days later so that like oh, yeah. somebody will say like, oh, you poor thing. How can I help you? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, right. Without having to say like, I'm a drug addict. Um, mm. My parents found out and found out I was a drug addict and it all added to the mess. You know, I created a lot of messes, but that was really when their eyes opened to the the problem. And I often think about it that they didn't plan to have a drug addict daughter. So it's really crazy because I would think about that a lot and like the town that I was from, that wasn't something that was prevalent. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that like people were experiencing all the time. So they were really alone in it. They were really alone like oh my god and we were in this town where people care about what people think you right. know oh, like absolutely. parents being oh, like yeah. your daughter plus you're irish catholic so it's crazy <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> don't talk about anything <laughs> it, yeah, yeah yeah and that was kind of where we were at for a while as a family we moved past that thank god but um 
that was where things were at. So then you have this girl that's like wreaking havoc in a town. The parents are like, keep your daughter away from mine. Oh, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. It's, oh. like, it's a little bit nuts. So... And you start to identify yourself as that person. Yeah, and that that also bred the ego again. Yep. It really yep. like created this like, yeah, I know, <laughs> you yeah. know. Oh yeah, defiance. Um, defiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay away from me. That was what it was. So I'm a bad girl. Yeah, and I loved that. Um, and now it's like so crazy because I just can't. It's so nuts. It's so nuts to even think about that being like a a lifestyle that was an option. I guess. Um, so anyway. I went to like multiple boarding schools after that. I went to a boarding school where they were like, you can't drink, you can't basically have a boyfriend, you can't smoke, uh, smoke cigarettes, all of these things. They're taking away like all of these things that brought me comfort. And I was all like, girls school. No, there were boys. Okay. So then they're like, you can't have a boyfriend. I was yeah. like, if you're taking away like drugs, you're taking away alcohol, you're taking away cigarettes. Like, I'm not sure what you want from me. Yeah. Right. You know, right. like I don't have anything now. And that I couldn't deal with that thought. So I broke all the rules. I got kicked out. Um, but that was really now what I think about, like what I talk about in recovery all the time, like seeking comfort from anything, yeah. even in recovery and oh, sobriety, yeah. when we like search for other things, that is what we'll I fill that at. hole with anything. Fill it with it anything. don't matter. Yeah. So that's how I look at like this first chance of like get sober, do the right thing. And I'm like, I, that I can't. It wasn't like maybe I'll try. It was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. This just place isn't going to be for me, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I you know, left and I went to treatment after treatment after that for a while. Um, and I graduated from a treatment center from like a treatment boarding school. Um, graduated with a high school diploma, you mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. From a boarding school. It's a treatment center. Yeah. It was interesting. Oh, I went to a wilderness program and after oh, that, wow. yeah. So it was like a wild ride and that's just high school. You know? So that was probably before that stuff was like happening out here in, in yeah. Mass. Yeah. Like the recovery high schools and stuff. Yeah. I I was in Utah. I flew out <coughs> to really? Utah. Really? Wow. It. Yeah. Wow. Utah. Yeah. It was really a crazy time. Mormons? Yeah. Oh. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> but it was cool. It was I've cool. been to Utah. I really liked it there. St. Um, George. It's pretty cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the states I haven't been through. You should go. It's very pretty. Yeah, it is. And there's lots of different parts of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we we were. I was a mess at this time. Yeah, and I was driving from California for my, so my buddy could spend time with his family for Christmas. Yeah, and we got this car packed, and we got guns in the back oh. and everything, and we get pulled over. And the cops were these says, guns all legal and registered? They were illegal. They were, okay. they were illegal. So we get pulled over, and uh, the state troopers like, you know, y'all got any weapons? Blah blah blah. And we're like, yeah. Oh no! As he's saying that, he goes, "It's not illegal to have them. I just want to know if you do." And we're like, "Oh yeah, they're in the back." You know, like no big deal. And he's like, "All right, where's the ammo?" We're like, "Oh, that's up here." He goes, "All right, then no problem. I don't even need to see them." And wow. We're like. That's okay. Crazy. Yeah, but they're and all they're, was, they're all AK forty seven. This is when <laughs> don't know, this is when and a bazooka. Vicodin had just hit the scene. Yeah, right, right. right. Vin, and, vin, I, vin. and I hadn't even taken them. Yeah, I didn't even. We we were driving down the highway and we hear this thing: Fox News tonight, Vicodin, drug of the nineties. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I open the console. I'm like, dude, this is what we took from your mom. Like a big giant <laughs> yeah, yeah. bottle. Let's of them. get into these. Oh my yeah. God. So, so some uh, guy we told oh my buddy's man. sister that we had them, and she was like, "Really? Oh my god, my boyfriend will buy all of them." We're like, "Yeah." Oh, so you sold them. Here right. we go. We sell them those. Right, right. And then we so have this more massive crystal. bottle of Motrin 800s. 
And we sold him those as generic Vicodin. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were gone uh, out of Utah. Yeah. See you later, bastard. See you later. See the uh, state later. Yeah. Those you can buy for eight. These you can buy for seven. He's like, all right, cool. Oh, oh my God. That's terrible. Go. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. That's a bad one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It's a bad one. Sorry, dude, if you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, I mean, thinking about that just being high school is a little bit, it's just wild for for me to think about. And mm. then to think about my family's experience with it is, is much harder. Yeah, um, the stuff that we put our families through. That it's so much harder. We have no idea until later on no. when we look back. No yeah, idea. I'm, I'm sure your your parents didn't want you to be at a boarding school. No, they never did, and they never thought that was like to think of how they never thought that that was going to turn into their life, and it turned into their life is hard. Yeah. Um, it's really healthy for me to think about those things. Really healthy. Yes, to healthy to remember when. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and to think about other people's experience other than mine. Um. So I, you know, I went to college. They told me at this treatment, like, don't drink and do drugs. And I was like, well, I'm going to drink, but I won't do drugs. You know, like, I just, I didn't connect that, like, being an addict in high school means that you're going to be an addict forever. I think right. that I just thought, okay, problem dealt with, you know, time to go. Yeah, it was um, a phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, time to go. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I drank and I drank socially for a couple of years. Like, that is the truth for me. I have no idea why. Um, I think but, that I See, used, that's the thing. It'll work for as long as it works. It worked for a couple but, of right. years. You got this. You got this. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know? it sure as heck came back. It, it could came take back. 10 days. It could take 10 years. Yes. We don't And it doesn't don't mean know. that that time that I was drinking, I was good person i was still not doing good things um at all by any means so it it came back that's what happened it came back um so a couple years you know after that couple years i started using again um and it took off like it it took off like it was worse and i couldn't really understand that but i didn't care because i was happy to be doing drugs again Mm. um so oh, yeah. I, Takes I, the care right out of you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy to. And life after that became much more complicated. You know, high, like, or college just became, you know, draw your shades and maybe go to class. And somehow I survived like that. Like, barely, barely. I, I graduated college, and I should <coughs> not have graduated college. Um like, I really didn't complete the work, honestly, in college, yeah. you know. But they passed um, you anyway. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Um, I, I just kind of manipulated my way through it, which is so sad. No, we don't um, do that, do we? We don't manipulate sure anything. Sure do, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so, Master yeah. Master manipulators. Yeah. Yeah. And... I remember when I, you know, I was started, I, tr- I experienced, uh, experimented in college with different drugs because I knew that like cocaine was a real problem for me. So I said, I'll try a different one and I'll try a different one. And like, none of it ever worked. I, that drug would become a problem that I'd say like, I better go back to cocaine. Um, you know, so like none of it worked the way that I wanted it to. I would get meds from all different doctors and I would different. talk, you know, like do the whole deal, like go to therapy and like cry about how hard things are. But like, I had therapists like kick me out of their office being like, you're just not going to change. Like I can't help you. And I'm unwilling to take your money because you are not, yeah. I'm, I cannot <laughs> wow. help you. 
you know trying um, trying different drugs and try to try to figure it out is like they say it's like changing seats on the titanic yeah yeah you're yeah. going down regardless it just yeah. says talk. the ship is going down it yeah was all right going well, I'm, down. I'm gonna sit over here I'll it be was okay. going <laughs> yeah. way down i'm gonna go a couple rows back so nope. i get a little more time but the seats no going down like no acceptance over yeah. <laughs> this problem is real mm-hmm. this is a real problem you can't get yourself out of yeah the, um, the denial yeah it still seemed fun it's still even all of the the crap that came with it. It was still fun to be the girl that like couldn't get it together. It was yeah. still fun to be Yeah, because you don't think about how absolutely insane your life is. Not at all. Until like maybe one day you don't have what you need and yeah. all these thoughts right. start rushing in. Right, of yeah. course. You know? Like you can wake, wake up. up feeling <laughs> absolute dog shit, yeah. get what you need, and you're like, yeah. yeah. Like, right. so that wasn't bad. I, I could figure that out. For a while, I could figure mm. that out, you know? And nobody around, I, I was by myself at school, so nobody around me was saying like, you are not okay. Yeah. You know, I, I got around that one for a while. Um I remember I took a leave of absence at the very, uh, at my last semester because I needed to like get sober. Um, and I was like, I'll do an IOP. And I, I did that. Um, What's the IOP again? Intensive outpatient Patient program, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I did that. And I, you know, classic. I like met a boyfriend in there. Oh, yeah. And we're going like, to we're going to go to meetings together and I'll help <laughs> you because you're really the one that like is struggling. Yep. You know, um, <laughs> and I'll share my scripts too. Yeah, we'll figure it out together. <laughs> um, so you know, we did that, <clears throat> and cl- like I didn't stay sober. I I was pretty sure I would, but I didn't. Um, and I went back to school with 17 days sober at the time, um, in IOP. And I remember driving to graduation, and my dad. I looked at my dad, and I was like, I think I'm going to drink today. And he was like, yeah, I don't think that you're, you're going to do that. And I was like, mm. it's my life. I'm going to do what I, I'm graduating college. I'm going to yeah. do what I want to do. Like no consideration that I just took, spent how much of their money on college. You know what I mean? And, yep. and here I am like about to ruin it. Um, so when I, I didn't drink, but when I graduated, I like thought patting myself on the back and doing drugs again was a really good idea. So I started doing that. Yeah. Let, um, me, let me reward myself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I started, <laughs> um, I started using IV after that. Um, oh, and nice. it got a lot worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a lot worse. That's pretty normal. Um, a couple, you know, like at that point, then you can do it for a couple months and at, at the most, um, and then have to stop. So it, life mm. for me was really in and out of treatment at that point. There's no like glory around it other than like I would go to one state for treatment and then I would, you know, not stay sober and go to another state for treatment and not stay sober and just all over the map, you know. Um, and the, are, is it like back home in between or no. just go from one treatment to yeah. another treatment? Yeah, I moved or, to or run the streets where you were in treatment for a while it and became then go that to, eventually yeah, yeah. eventually um i moved to massachusetts that and that's when it really became my home i knew that i was gonna have a life here um i thought that life would be then but mm. it was not you know i was dishonest in ever every sober house i went to i thought that i had much bigger psych issues than i do i have don't have psych issues right. but but was, we'll tell ourselves that. Uh, yes, I was yeah, under the impression, well, you know, that... You can be pretty convincing telling yourself and others that you have psych issues when you're yeah. using 
drugs. I mean, I looked absolutely insane. (laughs) I have anxiety. I have depression. Yes. You're getting sober. You you feel like shit about the stuff that you've done and you don't know what's coming. So you're. But nobody knew to say that. Everybody was like, no, you're definitely bipolar and you're definitely X, Y, and Z because that's what I presented as. Here's a script. I presented really badly. Did they give Um, you some pills for those? Totally. Totally. And it was a total process to Brilliant. It was terrible. The whole thing was just terrible. We'll Um, solve it with a pill. Yeah. Yeah, And I, you know, what's interesting is that when I moved to Massachusetts, I met a woman who, and it, it was all in my mind through God, I met this woman and she had gone through the 12 steps and she was young and she like amazed me, totally amazed me. Um, mm. And she was like, I'm going to bring you through the steps. Like it wasn't really an option. It was just like, I'm going to bring you through the steps. I was like, yeah. okay, great. Um, so, and I thought it was going to be this like beautiful process and it, it wasn't and it often isn't, but um, yeah, it's, it's a process. Um, but I thought she was going to be doing the majority of the process and I would just follow along. Um, it was not that. Um, yeah, there's no riding coattails. No, it didn't work uh, that way. You know, like I well. I wrote my four-step in the back of meetings. Like I, you know, in my mind it was like, yeah, but I'm not going to dedicate time in my personal life to yeah. writing a four-step. So I'll just do it hey, while I'm in a meeting because I don't cool, even want to be here. Yeah, I know people who, who did it that way And it, that and could work cool. for some people, yeah. whatever works. For yeah, me, it was right. just like this lazy way of getting around it because I didn't, I didn't want, like... It was just indicative of my mindset, which was I'm unwilling to put in work. Um, You're getting over. You need to get o- get over somehow. Right. Get over on this process. It, however, a bit. however, I can do <laughs> that it. Ain't too bad. Um, and I connected with the words on the page when I went through them with her but not so much where I was like I absolutely need to with my whole heart do this it was just like yeah that sounds like me pretty cool huh you know Mm. Um, and then move on so I and I like I said I was like dishonest in all these sober houses and all these things at the same time like simultaneously doing all this stuff so needless to say I didn't stay sober Um, so I just started like bouncing bouncing all over the place but did Um, you get an idea uh, uh, of the of the hope that 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 there was there maybe yeah time? yeah I think that I knew that that was going to be an option like that's mm. what it did for me was I learned that this was going to be something I was going to have to do and I was going to try to find other ways to do it right but the easier I, software way yes like we always yes yeah. but I I knew like I believed it with my whole heart that it worked for her mm. I didn't want to do it myself um it was again that attitude of like yeah this just isn't I'm not going to do this one. You know, yeah. I'll try a different thing. Um, but I'll say that I'm going to try it at the same time. So I knew that it was going to be something that I was going to turn back to. I think I just knew that naturally. Um, so I, you know, bounced all over the place, did not stay sober. Um, my last experience in, you know, active addiction, I had flown to California. I begged my parents you know, or I promised my parents, I'm going to, I'm going to stay sober. I just need the sunshine this time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, they were so tired. They were yeah. so tired on the phone. They were like, okay, all right, go. Yeah. They you just know? don't have any fight. There anymore. was no fight, nothing, yeah. Yeah. nothing about it. And so I flew huh. out there and this was about going to be about the millionth place I walked out of. And I was there for a few weeks and every day I wanted to use. And I was, you know, working through my trauma, but like 
I knew at that point that doing like this is what I remember I knew doing steps at that point was going to fix my problem it was never going to be talking about my life it was never going to be like working through any therapeutic issues it was mm-hmm. never going to be anything like that the all I knew at that point without a shadow of the doubt that I just needed to do the steps so I'm sitting there like talking to chairs about my problem about how like I had this bad relationship in high school and I remember being like this isn't going to work I'm not going to stay sober and at the same time which which was true for me um and I had a mo- it, so it was like kind of this moment of clarity but I and I knew that I was unwilling to do what I really needed to do um I was so unwilling to to get to do the steps again um and I was really scared to try it because I was unwilling and I knew that I was I was about to be like fresh out of time you know mm. um so I remember a girl said like, hey, do you want to leave? And this was the first time that I think that I had like a real, it's going to sound crazy, but like a real thought for a while. Because I thought like I can leave and this is going to be the last place that I leave. And I will either, I will either die, someone will kill me, I will die from using, or I will get enough willingness to get sober. And I remember saying to myself, like, I'm going to use past the point of survival. I'm going to use past the point of, like, money. Because usually if I, you know, ran out of money, it was like, Mom, I'm ready to get sober again. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like, fly me wherever. And so I be- it really became, I have to use past that. I have to use past my comfort. I have to, like, I, I will go either way. I don't care if I die. I don't care if I stay sober. One or the other. Whatever yeah. God gonna, whatever God is going to give me. So I was going to, like, go wow. hard at this. And it was wow, like it was like a wild. conscious choice. I remember really thinking about it. I'm gonna try at this, um, and so I was homeless in California, in Southern California, for a while, um, like really homeless. I was sleeping in cardboard. It was bad by mm. myself, and like I would look up at the stars and be like, "This is both like incredibly beautiful and incredibly sad yeah. because I don't have yeah. one person in the world who wants to find me." You know, um, I know my family did, but like I was desperately alone. Um, Nobody was coming, you know, Um, and that was and it it started sinking in day by day that that's what my life was going to look like, you know. And a part of me really liked the process. I, I was okay being homeless. I was okay running around on the streets. That was okay with me. You know, I knew how to do that. What I didn't know how to do was pay bills. I didn't know how yeah, to go to work every right. day. So, like, I couldn't live that way until I couldn't anymore. You know, um, my body started really falling apart. The people in my life were moving on without me. Um, you know, there's a couple things that I think about when I'm homeless that are really difficult. And one is that my brother got engaged and my brother was my best friend for years. And so when he got engaged, my first thought was like, I'll send him a Facebook message to say congratulations. And that's kind of effed up because he's my brother. Like I should have been like with him in the process of picking out a ring. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't be like, Hey, congratulations from your homeless sister across the country. Have a great day. Yeah. I borrowed this dude's phone. Yeah. (laughs) That's so messed up (laughs) if you think about it. So there's that. And then I remember calling my dad on Father's Day and saying, you know, happy Father's Day. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. And like that's kind of messed up because it's like Mm -hmm. just don't wish him a happy Father's Day. Better off off not even saying anything. Right. So those things I Mm. think about and that's it just is really clear what my what what my life was about, you know, and it wasn't about them. Um, and that's painful, but like I said, really healthy to think about. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I think it was just like one day. There was no rhyme or reason. I think I was tired. um, And I called to go to a detox. Um, And that was that. You know, I went to detox for a really long time. And I remember my mom, my, my family played a huge part in my recovery. I think that like God lined all of this up the way that it was supposed to be lined up because my family before they would have picked up the pieces and said like okay you can go to x y or z you pick what what's going to be the mm. the place you know um we'll help you and this time they were like you figure it out you know they were like you have 6 months on our health insurance call whatever place in the country you want or go to a place where you do the 12 steps that is the only place we will help you with and I was like, yeah, all right, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, mm. I'm, there's no way I'm doing that. So I called every place that I knew about that was going to be easy peasy and that was going to give me massages and feed me meds and all of this stuff. Yep. I called all of them and yeah. I was like, hey, can I come? And they, every place said no. Every place said no. I stayed in T-Tax for 17 days because every place said no and no one would have wow. me until the, one, the owner of the detox was like, you need to leave and go to this 12-step place your only choice and I went and it was like that's where life happened you Mm. know so just how it lined up like I think that it guided me back now where where were you at this point still in California still in California yeah so what do you mean Um, by a 12-step place uh you just went to meetings or you went to an in-house treatment center so it was a treatment center um I you know lived there and you go through this was the only place that i had been so far where it wasn't doctors and nurses and clinicians diagnosing me and and these these are the type of places that insurance doesn't cover right so it's a self-pay right because i don't know what it is with insurance they don't want to talk about it's not medical religion or god or yeah so you know the people the doctors uh you know they they're they're the ones who get the respect because they have the degrees. Yes. However, we are the ones who know uh, how to get somebody sober more because we're in AA and there's, you know, yeah. we've been there. And, and that was the know. people that were talking to me. They were the ones that were saying, like, y- you know, this is not meant to be, like, self-degrading at all. But they were like, you suck. Like, you are not yeah. a good person. <laughs> and they were the first <laughs> They were the first people in my life to tell me that. And thank God they did, <laughs> you know. God. I needed somebody to be like, That's you what- know you think you're good? You're not. That's right. what I needed, too. I was yeah. the same way. When I went to, uh, to the treatment center, uh, Chris was there, but I had, this is the second time was really tough. It was a therapeutic community. Mm-hmm. And they were like, get your head out of your ass. You're a scumbag. You're a puddle junkie <laughs> scumbag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't yeah. you know? Don't walk around here with a look on your face like you're better than. Right. Because you're a junkie. Right. And I was like, oh, I am a junkie, huh? And I needed somebody <laughs> to say that. Yeah. We need somebody like, to say that. Yeah, you need, you need to be snapped back into reality. Right. Some of that us That ego do. needs yes. to be smashed. Yes. Right. You know, the, the false that pride. Ego. Yeah. Right. False ego. Yeah. That, that you, spiritual ego. That you build up uh, to to mask your pain, really, you know. and, and, and Yeah, it's, it's all a defense mechanism, yeah. you know. It's, it's right. because you can't face the fact that you're unable to control your life. Right, yeah. exactly. And that was What do you exactly mean it's unmanageable? It you no, know it ain't. Yeah. I'm managing it just fine. Yeah. Do you know who I yeah. think I am? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because the second, it's funny we're talking about this because the second I walked into this place, like I walked in with a backwards hat on and two braids and I was like, let me tell you about me. Yeah. You know, and oh, like yeah. 
just kind of like went at it with the girls and tried to find a new guy in my life. Like that was my intention in going there. Mm-hmm. You know, like for sure. And I remember them being like, yep, you got to stop this. This isn't going to work. You yeah. know, you're going to have to stop now. Um, and they really started kind of calling me out on that stuff while simultaneously reading the the big book to me. Um, and I needed, I needed that. Um, and what for whatever reason... Um, again, like my belief is that God did this, but for whatever reason, like that sponsor of mine, what, you know, years before this, um, who introduced me to this stuff, she had gone to this place. Um, and she used to tell me the exact same things, but when she would say like, you don't get how selfish you are, Mm. I would be like, yeah, so I'm, I'll talk to you later. I'm not going to do this with you telling me I'm a bad person. And then now when I'm hearing it from the exact people who have been through the exact same thing and are telling me like word for word what she did, (coughs) I sat there and I took it and I never thought about running away um, because I knew that everybody was right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, like I knew, like I just sat there. There was no fighting it. Um, I fighted or I fought some of the like, what do you mean I can't date? What do you mean I have to start wearing different clothes? What yeah, you, you just mean? you just needed a little more explanation yeah, on that. Yeah, like, like I don't Why? I why don't, can't I do that? I don't what, what's gonna happen if I do? And I was so scared of giving up certain things in my life, but ultimately when it came down to it, somebody tells me to do it and they're probably more right than me and at that point I could realize that so I'll do it, you know. Mm. Um You don't realize giving up that thing's gonna <coughs> get you so much. Yes. More. Because in the past, like it's so funny because I w- I went to a sober house after this place, but in the past, my mom had said, like, why don't you go to the sober house, the same sober house I was at this time? She was like, why don't you go there? And I was like, <coughs> I was like, mom, you can't talk to guys and you can't have a cell phone. I'm not even calling them. And that when I was at the treatment <laughs> center, I begged to go mm. to this house. Like, I begged and pleaded, can I please go there instead of anywhere else? Please. Yep. And I, I you know? know of the place uh, know, you speak. Yeah. I know, the, I know the feeling. Yeah. I just wanted to go there. I was terrified, but I knew that it would help. Right. Um, so I didn't care. You know what I mean? mean um you know i had i have not been perfect in sobriety by any means i have realized more issues about myself i've realized that Mm. like i need to pay attention to how i conduct myself in front of men like that is something that i've had to really i spent a lot of time working on um especially in the first year, the first year and a half. So relationships were always relationships, an issue. Always an issue because yeah. I always used in I, them. I identify. <laughs> yeah. Always used in them. Always brought the other person down with me. Mm. Or if they were going down, I wasn't going to let them go alone. Um, that way of life was like, I, I'm okay with that. Codependency. You know? Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had to put in a lot of work in that. Um, I didn't know how to be alone, all of that stuff. And that was not something that I thought sobriety was going to bring. I thought that therapy could bring that, but not sobriety. Um, And what sobriety did, you know, it was explained to me that, like, life is not just unmanageable when we're using, because that's obvious. But life is unmanageable when we're sober. And that was was like hearing something I never heard before. I probably did. When someone read the bedevilments to me and put sober in there, I was like... Yeah. Whoa. I know. It's scary, <laughs> Ben. Like, Whoa. It's so what do you scary. mean, sober? Right. And that, but yeah. that was my track record. That was it. Luckily, I stayed sober mm-hmm. 
through yeah. that whole time. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Uh, years. Exactly. But still conducting myself like mm-hmm. I was using. Right. So the bedevilments are, are a, a, a part of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Yeah. And, well, and, yeah, um, the way they, yeah, it's a, it's a section in the book. It's a section that talks about, um, about um, problems that we have while yes. we, where we're using. And someone added the word sober after each sentence. Yes, to prove to to demonstrate a point that all these things can happen to us when we're sober. Even uh, it, yes, even yes. if we're removed from the right, right, and that that's you know it's because that's the uh, drugs and alcohol were our solution, our yes. comfort, our right. coping me- mechanism, and it just happens to be a life destroying and um, uh, self soul stealing coping mechanism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean I absolutely believe. A hundred percent that if I didn't have drugs, I would have killed myself a really long time ago. So I like, I think that they absolutely saved me, saved my life Mm. until it stopped working. Um, it just stopped working and I would, I would seek out these other ways in sobriety to find things that worked and they never worked as well. They were never as efficient, but they worked for a little bit. I've said it before. I've said it. I I heard it one night and I was like, wow. And they were like, listen, it doesn't matter. I'll abuse it from heroin to Haagen-Dazs. It doesn't matter. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, sneakers, clothes, it's so funny. Anything. Work. It, yeah. Money. It doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We will try and, like mm-hmm. I said, fill that hole, mm-hmm. that God-sized hole mm-hmm. with everything but. Right. 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 Exactly. And so I didn't realize that. And what I spent a long time working on in, in recovery this time as opposed to other times was the issues that I have in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I used the 12 steps to deal with those issues. So, you know, I really had to pay. I paid much closer attention to my comfort and I practice. Um, I practice seeking comfort in God, which often means just being uncomfortable and sitting in the discomfort instead of just like rushing towards Right, to hide something to mask the feelings. Right. Right. Being able to sit with the feelings and realize that it's not the end of the world. Right. You feel crappy right now, but that's what you have to do because something's crappy. Yeah. You have to feel the feelings. And if you Mm. don't feel the feelings and you mask it with something else, then whatever you're masking it with is probably going to become a problem. Yeah. Because, fuck, crappy feelings are one of the worst things that, you know, us as alcoholics and addicts deal with. Most of the time, that's what drove us to do what we did. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. So, I mean, still to this day, like that is, that can totally be an issue where I'm like, I need something right now. Like not, I I don't think about like drugs as the thing, but I'm like, who can I vent to about? Who can I call? I'm going to smash my face with a hammer. (laughs) Right. Because life happens. Like that's what, isn't that the name of this is like life on life's terms? Yes. On life's terms. Life happens. LOLterms.com. It's great. It's it's hard. (laughs) And, and that's, this is when, when, like we definitely have problems when we're active. Mm-hmm. But once we put down our solution, that's really when our problems begin. Oh my god. Yes. You and know, cuz now the baby doesn't have his binky no right. more. So right. How do you deal that? Yeah. And that's right, well. what it becomes about, I think. It's like what, what are you going to do to deal with the problem? Um, yeah. It's exactly it's, like that. The baby. You have a, you have a temper tantrum. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. My, my temper tantrums almost always turn inward. And I just go around depressed and, and, and yeah. 
that's what I did for a yeah. long time. But I was with I was with the guys who I got sober with and moved out. We were in an apartment. They were having the time of their lives, and they you know they used to call me Debbie Downer. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I would you. laugh. I would laugh too, and they'd, <laughs> I'd come around. You know, it, it, you know, you. That's why we go to to a fellowship, and and uh, yeah. especially in the beginning, and, and rely on friends and and um, learn that life's not always a yeah. Debbie Downer. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I like worry almost a hundred percent of the time. Like, I am a like, one of my friends calls me Panicky Patty. So, <laughs> so like, we all have our things, you yes. know. Like, yeah. I think every single person in my personal life would tell me I need to take a chill pill. Um, yeah, and it's like not easy. You know what I have mean? Have you tried but, meditation? Yes, <laughs> I do meditate. I do meditate. It's awesome. I um, like meditation. I mean, I pray like all of that stuff, and it. You know, what I think that I've realized is like that every person in my family probably is the exact same way as me. It's just kind of like how I am. And like I have to seek alternative ways to deal with that other than. Yeah, but once. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Once you realize what's going on. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's what this is. So now I need to focus elsewhere. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, like, that's, I think, instead of being like, oh, my God, whatever's going to happen, what's going to happen in a year, what's going to happen tomorrow, what if it doesn't work out, X, Mm. Y, and Z, it can just kind of be like, yeah, dude, you're, like, doing it again, you know, you're worrying, Mm -hmm. and that's not going to get you anywhere. The the awareness. Yeah, and there's, you know, thank God I have so many people in my life who are like, you need to stop. Now it's been a week. Yeah, that (laughs) was, see, that was (laughs) one of the biggest things in in the treatment center we went to was awareness to be aware is to be alive to yeah. know what's going on yeah. with you yeah. to know what sets you off to like it, we had to be aware of everything mm-hmm. right if i left this on the table yeah. and i left the room right. and didn't say hey i'm right. aware of that cup aware of that cup be aware was, i'm giving you a verbal pull you were you were subject cup. to getting lit up <laughs> but it's, it's that's so good because i mean the sober house i went to was similar uh, yes um, yes really similar and that was the best thing for me i remember like being walking away from that house in a good way yeah. on good terms i like held my head high yep. and i was proud of myself i mean you because it doesn't happen you ended up becoming the, yes the, the manager there <laughs> i was the house manager yep. there very hard thing to do oh. very hard thing to do but um but good for me right you know like all because these things you happen you can kind of come off as not being able to be assertive yes like you said you're scared yes, you don't want to like you don't want cat. confrontation yes. but that yes nudged you out there like totally no abby you, you have, have to. to do this it wasn't <laughs> yes. you know i had people in my life who were like yeah so like it's not an option for you to take that person's phone like that wasn't your choice you just need to take it you yeah, know what i right. mean so it it was a growth thing yes you know um, huge god knows yeah. that i need things like, yeah I get things that I don't want a lot of the time because mm. God knows that I need them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going through like so many changes right now in my own life. Yeah. And I would tell you, if I didn't have God in my life, I would say, I'm not going to do any of this anymore. I'm yeah. going to stop. I'm just going to stop. Because like, it's uncomfortable. To, to the comfort. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just yes. uncomfortable. I don't like the changes. I'm just going to stop now. I was the girl who always just like got in the bed through the covers over my head and turned off the lights for two weeks um, oh trust work me was I, wanna, I felt like that today she, she, I really she therapy yeah I it really was just did. too hard you know and so like 
now I can say, all right, well, I was like on cruise control there for like five months. And God could say, you know what, like time to grow again, time yeah. to move forward. Like life mm. isn't about sitting there and like having it always be easy. It's about moving forward. So um, so that's cool that like now I can look at things that way. Um, it's just always about kind of like moving forward, yes. I feel like. And you know, we, they say it all the time. Like, if you're not moving forward, you're going to start sliding back. Right, right. And in my weeks always, like, the things that I do in my recovery are almost always the same. I can be, like, pretty rigid about it. But yeah. for somebody who's, like, sleeping on cardboard three years ago, I, I need to be rigid about it. Yeah, routine, routine helps it, a lot. It helps a lot. And, like, there will probably be a day where my life shifts a little bit. Yeah, but balance is point, difficult. It's really difficult, you know. and it's it can be scary to let go of control sometimes. Yep. And some of it's like a control thing. But oh. it, I know. <laughs> Absolute control. <laughs> no. mm. I, I ain't letting go of that. What do you <laughs> mean? <laughs> I know. It's hard. So yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's cool, though. Like, all of this is really cool, and I get I have all these tools. So, like, I remember somebody who had, like, 10 years one time. He was like, you know, I'm lucky because at least right now I have some, like, spiritual momentum behind me. So I can make a mistake, yeah. like, not, nothing crazy, but I can make a mistake and, like, move forward because, like, I have this momentum. And I think about that because it's, like we don't stop making mistakes. You know what I no. mean? We don't, no. we don't become like, sometimes I, when I think people, when people say spiritual, I'm like, dude, they must be really spiritual. Cause I'm like, not, I don't know. I still worry and all that, you know, yeah. but it's funny because what it is, is like just a constant desire to grow. And I think about how like, I, I can have that spiritual momentum. Like I, I call my sponsor every week. I write inventory almost yeah. every week. Sometimes we, know. You know, we can misconstrue what spiritual means. Yeah. We think we're going to be like floating around here. I really you know think what I mean? that and all the time. Like, I'm not going to eat for seven months and meditate yeah. the whole time. And it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to feel uncomfortable and, one time. Yeah, and nothing ever is going to go wrong, <laughs> ever. Right. It's just not how it works. Yeah. It's not how no. it works. So, I mean, it's just, it, be, it becomes, I guess, a different way of life. Because I remember moving out of the sober house and being like, I don't think this is a good idea. I think I should, I, I should probably just stay here for six more months. Scared um, to death. Scared to oh, yeah. death <laughs> to leave. When I moved out, I was only I was in my uh, treatment for nine months. And when I moved out, I was scared to death. Yeah, I was so like eight and a half, nine months. I thought so that, scared. That, that I thought safety that person, net. Yeah. that person was coming back. That's why I was afraid of it. Yeah. Right. And I was like, no matter what happens, I am not going to let that person back. I don't care if I have to walk through life miserable as fuck yeah right i'm just never gonna let that person right. back but that's you know what I mean? the desire is that's what the willingness is you know what i mean like i always mm. talk about in my home group i think like willingness is is what it's about you know what i mean yeah, because if otherwise like why would the woman who told me one thing six years ago and the person who told me the exact same thing three years ago like how how does one work and the other doesn't that's right. a matter of like <coughs> god gives willingness to people Right. Um, well, a gift of desperation. Yeah, so it's it's cool in that way, but moving out was terrifying. And yes, mm. I like I kept telling God, I was like, if this if this apartment isn't right, if I shouldn't move out, if I'm not going to stay sober, like please take yeah, it away. Let me know. Yeah, and my I just don't let me have it. And then mm. like you know she'd say the application looked good, or she'd say like we we're going to sign the lease, and my and I'd be like. I'd call my sponsor and be like, this just isn't, doesn't sound like a good idea. And she was like, dude, I think, I think God's given you the go. Like yeah, time yeah, to yeah, go. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. But we're um, not used to things working, working in our out. favor. <laughs> no, but I really found right. that like, 
You're waiting became, for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, always. Yeah. But yeah. it became more about like I was doing it for... I thought that I w- all along that I was doing it for the wrong reasons. That I was, I must have really ultimately just been staying sober because the house told me to. I was staying sober mm. just because my parents wanted me to. I was staying sober, you know, for all the reasons that I had in the past. I thought that that was probably still the reason now, and I just couldn't be honest with myself. Um, and what I found when I moved out was it was so easy. It was so easy to move out because my life looked the exact same. Like yeah, the, exact, the only thing you changed is your address. That was the only thing you know? that changed. <laughs> That's, and it yeah. was, they, they said that to me all the time. Yeah. If, when you leave here, the only thing you should change is your address. And that worked. Do everything the right. same. That worked for yeah. me. That really worked for me. And then, like, since then, life grows. Like, it, yeah. it continues to grow. That is what life is about. But I guess I just, I don't feel the need anymore to, like, run away. There's times yeah. where I'm like, I would prefer this not to be happening. Right. But... Yeah. You just like I, I have the tools. I have that spiritual mm-hmm. momentum. I can use it and I can move forward. You know, um, when I mo- when I moved out, I was ringing a cash register at a meat shop. <laughs> okay, for twenty hours a week. All right. Somehow I paid my bills. I had a cell phone. Uh, I I also worked at the treatment center overnights. Yeah. For one night a week, and that was like peanuts too. I just didn't. I didn't have any money. I didn't spend any money. <coughs> I just I paid right. my rent and and bought a little food. That was it. I mean, but I had so much time. I was like, I had this little weight bench in the attic of this apartment building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but oh, uh, like, like to sometimes I wish I could just go back to yeah. it being that. Oh, so it was yeah. so simple. It was you know? so go simple. Go to meetings during the day and yeah, like I never oh, worried about money. Or, you know. Now it's like hmm, I know. You know. I tell my sponsors yeah. all the time. I'm like, dude live it up right now because yeah. you have it good and like I probably have it good in comparison to a lot of people too right but like life doesn't always stay just really like just one road moving no, forward no things complicated there's road absolutely blocks, yeah things definitely know. obstacles yeah you know I feel like I'm in friggin one of these mud runs or something <laughs> You know, just trudging like, damn, can I get to the other side of this yet? Tough mutter of life. Yeah, exactly. Life's tough mutter. Yeah, exactly. We're all in that. The Spartan race. Hey, that's why you have to take it moment by moment. You have to live in the present and and enjoy the present moment. All we have is now. We have right now. Mm -hmm. And we don't have two minutes ago and we don't have two minutes from now. We have now. Yeah. And and, And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know. And Absolutely. you can live that way. It's 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 really nice. It's really good. Yeah, I, I, I need people in my life to remind me of that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Fair to say, but you got a few. I think I have a, yeah. quite a few, which yeah, is so good. We all need that. Those type of people. All right, so we went. Yep, that was that's that was a good one. That was fantastic. Yes, oh, thank you very much, Abby. Thanks yes, for thank you so me, much. Um, so uh, please uh, support us by subscribing to the podcast on uh, iTunes or Google Play. It's uh, the Life on Life's Terms podcast. It's uh, lolterms.com. Yes. And uh, the Facebook group is Life on Life's Terms podcast. And um, sorry, we didn't go out live on YouTube. YouTube mm. uh, going yeah, live on YouTube. Yeah, technical difficulties with that. a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, we need a sponsor for that. Yeah, we need, <laughs> we need, uh, yeah, we need some help. But, we're, you know, whatever. I know. It's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. You know, we're, uh, we love doing this. And, yes. And uh, we it's hope so it cool. helps, helps some people. Um, yes, and and use use the the Facebook group if anyone needs help, um, you know, or has any questions or wants to come on the show. Yes, you know, please. definitely, definitely, message yeah. us, messages, um, or, or message myself or Tom. 
right. and we'll do what we can to get you on or do what we can to help you out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. That's a wrap. All right. Peace. Peace. I live in this world.